0: I am Chris and I'm Matt welcome to roleplay chat
1: we are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games
0: today we talk about themes and how they can actually be very useful in your campaign and, or games.
1: yeah and if if we can we're gonna try and focus in on the role-playing so that we can get better at it together
0: but first Matt how are you doing
1: I'm doing I'm doing I just finished uh just finished my vacation. I'm back at work. Wish I could just be playing role-playing games, but hey, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs>
0: well, you can do what you've been writing on Discord today to the group. Of... <laughs> you can try to organize one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I want to play role-playing games, so I I think it could be fun. I mean, I want to have a weekend where all the guys play some role-playing games. Obviously, because of COVID, we can't. You know, and actually, someone on Twitter uh, m- made me very jealous because they posted something saying that, you know, once a year, all of their buddies, they get together, they rent a cottage, and they play role-playing games all weekend. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so... Like, that's exactly what I want to do. And I know mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about it in passing before.
0: Yeah. So I, I remember I like... you saying you wanted to organize that for my... What was it? Not for my bachelor. What was it?
1: Like, it was for your baby...
0: Um, oh, my baby shower. <laughs> your diaper diaper time. party or whatever. Yeah yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But then, yeah, then the pandemic hit, so we couldn't. So I was... I, I was, I, I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. I want to f- try to do something, even if it's just, a, you know, a Saturday and a Sunday. Best case scenario, maybe we get it a couple of extra days, maybe like a Friday and a Monday tagged onto there. I, d- I don't know. But I, I just want to play, and I have some time that I have to use I mean technically I don't have to use it right away, but it's like this off the record uh off the record over time that I need to kind of use up. So and anyway, long long story short, I want to play role-playing games. We could even rotate game masters. I think that'd be cool. Um Yeah, so the if-
0: idea of maybe maybe just to make it clearer. <laughs> the idea is for us like our table to like join together and rotate ro- game master and just have a whole weekend or like you said, a little bit longer to play and I love the idea of like, you know, like alternating being a game master and also being a player and playing in very different games, maybe like one serious, one goofy. And like, that's, that's, that sounds like a cool weekend. But like you said, COVID and I mean, that's, it's still going to be fun virtually, but it's, it's, I I think it's going to give us a taste that we're going to want to replicate once this thing blows over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, being at home doing it isn't the same as actually unplugging and and going somewhere where there isn't a crying baby or chores to do, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: How about how about you Chris? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm enjoying my last week of vacation. Well, actually I worked a little bit this morning, but yeah, Christmas break for me is Almost done. I'm a teacher, so semester is about to start. But I'm pretty optimistic about the the semester and trying to have a, a little bit of free time and all this this chaos that we live in now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. More and more of the same. And we've actually had a game, uh, I think last... When was it? Last week? Uh, with you and two other players that I don't usually... It's not the group we usually play with, and it was fun. It was fun, so uh, I'm looking forward to doing that again.
1: Yeah, the tone of the game was very different. It was more humoristic, I feel, uh, which was nice. It was kind of nice to have a layback kind of environment where we can crack jokes with our characters, and it feels canon.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was strange for me, uh, and like you and I, when we play role-playing games, like we we have fun, we goof around, but it's really like it's not canon, like you said, it's out of the game. It's the players laughing, but the the characters are living something that's often tragic, dramatic. Uh, but this time, it was the goal was to make it comedic in the game, and I think we achieved that. <laughs> it was it was fun.
1: Yeah, and and I mean part of. Part of that game actually was what was ins- what inspired me to, I guess, the seed of today's episode. Because you know, when I thought of playing in a game where a little bit more humor, maybe different settings, maybe different themes going on, it it made me pick uh, my energy to Twitter, where I asked the Twitterverse, you know, what kind of themes they had in their games, in their campaigns, whether it be in a Dungeons and Dragons game or or, or any other role-playing game, like Call of Cthulhu or what have you. And I got some interesting answers, and, and that's kind of what brought us here today to talk about themes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we were both surprised to see how... Uh, I mean, it was different than what we expected, because most people, and when I say most people, I want to say at least 9 out of 10 people, didn't actually answer with themes. Uh, obviously, some people were just... Goofing around saying, like, my theme is what was it again you said? Like, my theme was yeah,
1: trying to make people who pay attention to a game that I care the most about, or something like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, funny. yeah, it's funny. Well, <laughs> like, I, I think people that were answering things like, um, my theme is, uh, I don't know, we're, we're exploring the ground where an intro, ancient ritual happened, and we're there to. Um, save the world. Well, for me, this is um, something you're working towards. It's an objective, but it doesn't represent the theme. The theme can be various thing with this setup. So I think it's interesting to maybe define what we mean by theme and also see why is it useful? Because le- for me, and I, and I know for you too, themes have been very useful in our own games as game masters.
1: And before we get too much into this discussion, Chris, we have some exciting news for people, don't we?
0: Oh my god, people! We have, next week, we have a special guest. We have Brandon Lee Mulligan. Great DM for uh, Dropout, for College Humor, Dimension20, a lot of of names. If you know any of those, he's a game master. He is great, very insightful, very funny. We're really looking forward to having him next week.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be fun because Roleplay Chat is very similar to his podcast. He has a podcast called Adventuring Academy where he gets celebrities to talk about all kinds of things related to role-playing games. So I'm really excited to have him on our show next week to just do what he does and take a deep dive with us on on various role-playing game topics. Um, So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. And I hope you guys spread the word.
0: Yeah, let 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 people you know know because uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, we already have some uh, some ideas of what to talk about, but like I said, very insightful guy. So whatever we talk about, I'm sure it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and I mean, that's all for the announcement. Let's go back to talking about about theme. Let's get ready to get into it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I guess for those of you listening, what we're kind of getting at here is. It's, it seemed like this idea of having a theme in your game, something that I guess Chris and I took for granted, we, we, we expected more people to kind of have that grasp on this concept of a theme, which appears to be something that maybe, like I said, we're, we're taking it taking for granted. So we're, we're going to dive deep on that today. We're going to listen in to uh, our thoughts on what a theme is How it's different from things like setting and genre and that kind of stuff and then kind of go into how you can utilize themes to ultimately make the most out of your game i I guess is what we're going to get at so let's let's kick it off then chris let's kick this conversation off and talk more about what precisely we mean by a theme
0: yeah and we actually didn't talk about like how we're going to define it we don't like we didn't even look it up this is just (laughs) off the cuff we're just Spitballing here, like what how do we use themes? Like for me, a theme is something, it's kind of a color I want to give to what's gonna happen in the campaign. It's something that I want to see touched every so often during the time frame that that theme applies, and we're gonna talk about that maybe a little bit later, but and it's something that I feel needs to be challenged. Uh so if we're talking about I'm just gonna throw things, talking about friendship. Then mm-hmm. the friendship needs to be challenged in the story. If the theme is loyalty, loyalty needs to be challenged. If the theme is violence, then you need to challenge aspects aspects of, of this theme. Like I'm just throwing ideas. These are not super um, uh, complex theme, I guess. Uh, But you can make it as complex as you want. So this is what a theme is for me. What is Mm -hmm. it to you, um, Matt?
1: Yeah, I I like how you said it's a color or it's like a lens that the game sort of takes on, an angle that the game kind of takes on. Uh, Lately in my game mastering, the theme tends to facilitate my thought process because I'm trying to kind of center it around that theme kind of add that flavor. So like you said if it's about vi- if the theme is violence, which I've never run a game about a theme of violence. No, but if, the theme, if the theme is violence, then yeah, there, there might be excessive violence. The the main bad guy that the, the thing that you're challenging might kind of be the incarnation of that theme in in human form or beast form or whatever. Um, and I I really think the theme is usually quite a few layers of abstraction away from what's actually going on. It's usually not too descriptive. It's it's usually kind of vague, kind of ambiguous. I mean, if you think of themes in movies and in media, it's usually like love or romance or... or I mean, it kind of bleeds into genre a little bit there with romance, but love or friendship or um, the pursuit of something. These kinds of things can be can be considered a theme. I actually pulled up a list. Let me go a list of the te- yeah, 10 great. classic movie themes.
0: <laughs> go ahead. Sac-
1: sacrifice, sacrifice good versus yeah. evil, perseverance, coming of age, oh, coming of age. Yeah. Drama, faith, justice. Those can be those are some of the big themes in in Hollywood, I suppose.
0: Um, yeah, and we can notice that it doesn't say saving your friend from a possible doom or it doesn't like it doesn't it's not associated with a certain action it's it's uh like you said it's an abstract concept and i think often one way of putting themes or like once you have your theme in mind and maybe we can talk about that a little bit like how to set your theme or whatever but uh it's a lot of symbology. It's a lot of uh, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of background uh, noise. Or it's a lot of associ- associating um, things together. Uh, I don't know. If we talk about justice, then you're probably going to go s- something that is criminal, maybe. And like yeah. ha- ha- people getting away with it. and And maybe exploring someone who by maybe the difference between law and justice, that would be a cool theme. And and say, seeing that people, maybe the law does not pre- prevent it, but it's it's not righteous. Or, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things you can do with it. And once you have the theme in mind, it's hard to come up with a campaign in a vacuum. If you just start with the theme, it already kind of, add constraint that allows you to be creative in that box. Uh, yeah,
1: especially if you already have things like a setting, right? If, yeah. For those of you listening that play with, with a pre-existing world, you're playing in the Forgotten Realms or you're playing in Eberron or, or what have you, or at Castle Van Straat or whatever, regardless of what your setting is, adding that layer, that that theme to the setting can kind of allow you to recycle a setting multiple times. It, it's like we're saying, it's an added dimension. Um, and maybe, Chris, we could talk a little bit about the difference. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, what do you feel the difference is between a setting and a theme or a genre and a theme?
0: I, I think let's go with setting and theme. I think a, a setting is... It, for me, all of these things just put constraint that allows you to be creative in that thing. So, so it's different kind of constraint. The setting is a lot about the world, mm-hmm. uh, the lore, the people living in it. Uh, what you know, like Dragonborn is d and D thing, but what are Dragonborn in the setting you're running? Are they slave? Are they royalty? Are they whatever? This is the setting. This has nothing to do with the theme. But yeah. if, let's say you say that Dragonborn in your setting is loyal, uh, is a nobility? Did I say loyalty?
1: I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> Let's say they're nobility, and your theme is not related to nobility, then it doesn't matter. But maybe your theme is uh, the right of noble blood, or I don't know, something mm-hmm. of
1: like... Uh, nobility, uh, birth, or dethroning... Birthright. Yeah, birthright.
0: Birthrights. Okay. Um, then, then maybe then the setting, this part of the setting becomes very relevant. So like you said, it's, it's this focus, it's this lens, it's this color, and then the setting I mean, they can be very related, like like the example I just gave, but if if we go back to the theme of friendship, um friendship can be done in anything like if you're running a Hello Kitty campaign, which I don't think you are, but like, like <laughs> your friendship works if you're running something very gritty, uh um, Warhammer, Cthulhu, whatever, you could still pull up pull out a pull. Pull Friendship,
1: out. yeah, pull, you could yeah. Pull, pull out, pull, pull off. I guess, pull off,
0: pull off, okay. pull off. Sorry, francophone again. I keep reminding the listeners, French Canadian here. So <laughs> pull
1: ups, right? You're changing too many diapers. Is that yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can you can do that in any game, but a game like like let's go with violence. Well, yeah, you can run that at Cthulhu, but maybe not in like the Hello Kitty world, which i don't is there? I don't know if there's a role-playing game in that world. But you know what I mean, like, uh-huh, something that's uh-huh. very, like, almost child, childlike. So I think theme, like you said, is a focus. Setting is a little bit of, of constraint. The theme gives you kind of a scope of what you're going to explore. And, yeah, that's what I'm going to say for now. What, what about you? Do you want to talk about that, or genre? Or I'll, I'll...
1: I mean, genre is kind of trickier, I think, because genre tends to be... And I don't have, like I said, I don't have the definitions in front of us. But genre, to me, tends to be more about the style of game. It's more about, is it all about action? Or is it all about, is, you know, is it all about um, feeling... Actually, let me think. A genre is more about, like I said, this, this style, this uh, box that you're trying to fit it into on the onset whereas the theme to me it it plays hand in hand with the genre but can have its distinctions because the theme is more about the emotion to me whereas Mm -hmm. the the genre is more about uh, you know what i don't know i it's a a tricky distinction
0: yeah I i think for me when i think of genre it's it's kind of like, how are you going to do things? Like, the theme is, for me, is what are you going to explore? What's the question you're going to explore? Almost mm-hmm. like philosophy. All those okay, things you mentioned okay. before, it's like the philosophy of this thing. So we're going to challenge this. Genre is like, how are you going to... What What is the, the way you're going to explore maybe that theme? So if we think of cowboy as a genre, or I guess Western yeah. would be a genre... Um, it doesn't like. Are you exploring criminality, like we said? Are you exploring love, friendship, uh, justice, uh, the price of the wild? I don't. I don't even know. Like, but um, you can do whatever you want with within a genre. Uh, so, so I guess genre is the for me the the, the how are you going to do things? The theme is the question you're going to ask. Yourself okay, that's good. Bit. That's Where good. Setting, you saved for me, there, the, Chris. You me. <laughs> for me, the setting is like the rules. Setting is the rules. This is the truth. If you're running a something that's already established, or maybe you do world building, but like this is the truth of the world. The genre is because you can. Like I'm thinking of anyway. Let's take D and D because I, I could do it with Warhammer, but like in D and D, you could have very different genre of of games. You could do Monster mm-hmm. Hunter, Dungeon Delve, um, crazy uh, airship balloon exploring the, the 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 cloud city of whatever whatever, um, but that doesn't tell you what the question. What's the question of your campaign? Question of your campaign is the theme.
1: Perfect, good. So I think I, hopefully for <laughs> those of you listening, that clears it up. Um, so theme is 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 very much like Chris is saying. It's this question. It's this flavor that we're adding. That we're going to explore philosophically whether we're philosophers or not um
0: we are all philosophers Matt.
1: <laughs> and then I, I guess another thing that we should add into our definition here chris especially for the rest of the episode is just to consider what kind of scope we we are going to be exploring when we talk about theme and and i think one of the beauties of theme is that it can be as small or as big as you want it to be and when i say small and big i mean it can be the theme you can try to set a theme for your whole world, your whole campaign, you know, the next five years of playing. Or you can set a theme for the next three games that you're going to be playing. Or the next, the, the one shot that you're running can have a theme. So I, I suppose for those of you listening, you know, when you think of a theme, don't just think of the theme of the campaign, but it can really be broken down into these, these uh, separate parts. And, and they can, different themes can be present throughout one uh, narrative.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one way of seeing it is I don't know Harry Potter. I'm I'm. I just finished rewatching them. Like you could see the theme of I don't know destiny, prophecy. This this I I, I haven't analyzed Harry Potter that much, but <laughs> like like friendship. The whole like I, the the friendship is definitely part of it, but all of it is the whole series. But mm-hmm. if you look at one. Uh, book or movie separate from one another, you'll find themes that are only in that book or movie. So yeah. uh, it's kind of like a fractal, and that's that's the way I, I also see it in my games. Where I the game we've been playing for three years has what I would call a a, a main team or a running team a running theme, and then I'd like to, every maybe three games I have like a something that. A story arc. Basically, a story arc yeah, should have a theme because yeah. you're asking a question, right? And, yeah, for sure. And then, like you said, any episode. So so I guess we're starting to talk about our personal approach on how we use theme. Um, well, maybe I, I'd, I'd like to kickstart by asking you, um, do you always set a theme first, during, after? What's your normal process with theme?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess if I were to go on the average, my, on average, I usually don't have a theme at first, and the theme kind of gets, uh, kind of gets drawn out as we play. But in lately, like I want to say, the past year and a half, maybe two years s- since we've started this channel, theme has been playing a pivotal role, a more pivotal role in my games. I, I find it really. Helps me kind of keep boundary, uh, keep keep uh, what's the word, rail railings up to like try mm-hmm. to stay focused. So yeah, the, the theme. A- at the very least, I come up with something that's kind of very broad, like in our game that we're playing, our pirate game. I gave myself a theme. To be quite frank, I don't think it actually ever really came to fruition. Uh, the mm. theme was was going to be freedom and like fighting for freedom, mm. because one of the factions, one of the one of the groups is is quote unquote almost enslaved by another group. But it kind of didn't come up, and you guys kind of focused in on other things. So I kind of shifted my priorities a little bit, and, and I think maybe a lesson learned for me is maybe maybe not a lesson learned, but. Something to keep in mind is your theme shouldn't dictate the game. It should just help you in its creation and kind of go from there. But I guess I'll... Uh, I hope that answers your question, Chris. I'll, and I'll flip the question back to you. You know, do you... At what part of your creation do themes kind of come into play?
0: Um. Yeah, for me, I've usually... Okay. So maybe I'll come, I'll come back to exactly what I do, but like to, to address what you said, I think this is the proper way of doing it. It's have an idea at the beginning to start your creation. If you're going for an epic, an epic mm-hmm. which I mean like a big campaign with like a main villain and plot reveals and stuff like that. If you're going for an epic, uh, then it makes sense. I think you should think of the theme of this epic to not, like you said, go everywhere, kind of keep it focused. But what will happen often is your your players might change it, then you have to be open to changing it. If And that's even more important if you're going episodic. If you're going episodic, uh, which means like, oh, you begin with like related one-shot and stuff like that. And then you, when I say you, I guess that's my process by, at the same time that I'm talking about. If I go episodic, I'm not going to set this, overarching theme Mm -hmm. of like like i i will probably maybe think of the genre though and like this the the setting of course and kind of the expectation of are we monster hunter are we like what is driving this episodic thing but the theme will probably emerge after the third or fourth game and maybe it's going to change by the 10th one you know but I think it as a game master if you're listening to what the players are saying that's that's usually when I I decide okay they are interested in this let's ask question let's go deeper that's that's my theme and I'll explore it so that's that would be my long answer I guess like episodic I wouldn't start with it and mm-hmm. then and maybe that's why maybe it's because you've been uh running a epic and before you used to to run episodic I'm just that, yeah, but... that's
1: that's a good point. I mean, especially with the one shots, I definitely had an idea of the setting. And for those who you listening, I, you know, before I, I set up this this epic quest, which I'm to call it, that, this longer term campaign, it was exactly like Chris said, a, a series of one shots, probably three or four. Um, they they were pretty linear, they were pretty objective based, but in terms of theme, there wasn't a whole lot of philosophy going on in, in those <laughs> games. So yeah, the, the the philosophy kind of came out of those one-shots. After playing three or four games, there were things that the players seemed to be more interested in. Uh, there was a lot of interest in, in one particular... I don't want to call it a race against the Dragonborns in the way that it felt really like Indiana Jones meets Pirates of the Caribbean and people like we interested in that, so I was like, okay, what kind of, what kind of philosophy or or, or question can we look into that will center around that? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I was taking the genre and the things that people were paying more attention to, and sussed it out of that. Perhaps is 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 one strategy. Um, I guess a, another question that maybe it's more surface level, Chris, but what kind of themes do you like using? What kind of themes do you do you like playing with when you run a game?
0: Yeah, that, that's interesting. And and we're, we we talk a lot about like as game masters, but I think for me it bleeds to even when I'm a player. And mm-hmm. that's something we joked when I started with in in your Rising Tide campaign. I did the most I don't want to say goofy, but the most like naive, super happy person because I tend to go very like dark and gloomy and and grim. So I figured I would start with a very light character. And I joked and I was like, it's probably going to end up that I'm going to be like, my character is going to self-doubt and it's going to be like (laughs) lots of like anxiety. And and obviously it happened after like three games. But um, that's my go-to. And it's the themes I go also in my my games when I game master. And that's why I run Warhammer. And I like low fantasy is the theme of... You know the gray zone, the like how to like how far are you willing to achieve X? If the theme is like friendship, it's like are you willing to let go of your friendship for a greater good? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's always going to be like I'm going to a lot of
1: sacrifice. I feel sacrifice.
0: Yeah, yeah, sacrifice. Um, I think I think you're right. I think sacrifice is almost like for me not a theme because it's a given and then i put a theme like in my uh, in the campaign i would def- define it as destiny and corruption being the two themes i keep coming back to okay. but you're right sacrifice like corruption and sacrifice kind of go hand in hand for me because it's like how much are you willing to get corrupted to get the job done which i guess comes back to sacrifice so i don't know what, why but this is very interesting to me this dilemma and-
1: would you say so? It's interesting to you to run as a game master. Would you say it's also something that interests you as a player, or are they yeah. different? Like you know, the because from the player's perspective, it's it's your characters may have themes, but then the themes that they're facing are are different or can be different. I suppose. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I I think I have less. I don't oh, controller let less drive when I'm the player but as soon as I see something that I can be conflicted about I'm going to jump into that mm-hmm. situation like you set out you set up a thing where my family was in the campaign where cl- clearly it my family and I think you you set that up actually for me like the family being almost opposite of the party's goal where I had mm-hmm. to choose between my my new family and my like blood family, like my genetic yeah, <laughs> family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and for me, that's interesting. And if I, if I don't get challenged, I feel like my character is uh, one dimension. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like I need this, uh, but I, yeah, it's just... So that's why I want to do that to my players. Because I feel like by doing this, I get more dimensions of the characters my players are are running, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of the role play piece to all this. For uh, <laughs> right? we, we promised role play, we're gonna deliver on it. If if you're adding themes that are relevant to the the player characters, it's gonna pull new dimensions to them. Especially when there's a dichotomy, um, it may be an interesting thing to explore. And perhaps doing it live on the show isn't the the right place to do it. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> But I, I think perhaps themes. It, it sounds like themes are are interesting when there's two of them, when there's kind of like this combination: family and sacrifice, or 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 fortune, or what do you say? Um, not fortune, but
0: justice and criminality. Just,
1: yeah, justice and criminality, or 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 you know, love and war. War. I don't know. <laughs> Usually, when there's two of them, there's there's kind of like this more. Positive one, maybe that represents the players' and the player's perspective, the character's perspective rather, and then the other theme is this obstacle that the two things clash together and then you kind of gotta put the pieces back together i suppose
0: yeah i i i I can definitely see i there's probably other ways to do it, but I think this is one very. I'll say easy, but like, simple. Let's go with simple way of doing it. Like, for me, like, this whole corruption thing and this whole, like, this dichotomy, I usually try to set up what I can against the players. So if I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of corruption, I will set it up like the world is trying to corrupt them. Like, if we take Ludolf in the first campaign, like, the first arc of the campaign, I was setting up the story as if this was the story of a villain. Like, the the origin story of a villain, and this was the character. By the end, if he would have made different choices, he would have become a super powerful demon that would mm. wreck everybody, and obviously at that point we it would become an NPC, but that's the way I set it up. And then the player has to make the choices to go on the light side, to fight mm. back. And this is how I think it gets... It's fun with theme to set up to, to like achieve this drama and this epic story because they fight adversity you're not like making them heroes they're making themselves hero against all odds
1: yeah that yeah, that's sounds cool. I've already played it and I want to play it again just because it. <laughs>
0: well right now I really <laughs> like how your character and we're we're in the personal part so let's do it but like your character I, I, and okay let, let me set it up that like, way like that. I think if you do that as a game master, your players will pick up on it and will, like, if, if they embrace it, they can use it too. Like, your character started very following the rules, uh, really schoolboy, uh, following orders. And because you saw that corruption was everywhere and basically bad things were happening to good people... Because you were limited by your, your your everything that you were taught, then you went and explored maybe a little bit of that corruption, and I think that's that's mm-hmm. a cool story arc, and we'll see what happens. We're not done. Though.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, and and I think leaning into the, if you're a player listening, or if you're not, a, you know, game masters, if you want to share this episode with your players, um, a, a good. An interesting way for you to add dimension to a character, if you don't know how, is to lean into the themes, right? Me in, in playing your game, Chris, I knew corruption had a very heavy role. I knew magic and corruption had a lot of history in the in, the, in the, imbued in the setting. Um, so I figured, hey, let's 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 do it. This looks interesting. It looks fun. It's clearly a pivotal part of of the game, of the themes that we want to explore. I'm going to make it core to my character. I'm going to make this chaos and the corruption rather. Let let's see how much of it can go into him before he before he really needs to make a a decision, which I'm sure is going to happen eventually, mm-hmm. uh, or have a decision made for him. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> well,
0: no, like that's that's where we talk about player agency. Like for me, uh-huh, my uh-huh. goal is to set up so that, like, if you do things badly, you you should. End up on the bad side. Yeah. But, and my goal is to pull you that way slowly, not too intensely, but like slowly, and to see when you draw the line, right? Mm-hmm. If you do draw the line. Like, I, 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 I talked a lot with my character who did the decision of going on the light side, and I was, I was almost, and that's the problem with that approach, I guess. I get disappointed when the, slightly disappointed, just when the players don't go bad, because I'm like, ah. Oh, I thought I, I would. I gave you enough incentive, and then, you know, like <laughs> you're just like promising power and promising this big moment of like, and and then they choose the right side. And I, I feel like the, the the corrupting force myself, who's like, ah, I didn't do it like well enough, I guess. Like, but mm. that that's usually what happens, I guess.
1: <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I think players tend to side on the or the players we play with myself included tend to side on the side on the like the the party and the the relationships of the party that is is weighed very heavily it's like it's very important um
0: i have a question for you before we uh do you tell your players the
1: themes that's a good question i i haven't i've never I don't think I, I've, I've ever done it.
0: No, maybe you um, mentioned something about freedom, but I don't... Maybe, like, to me, because, like, we talk all the time. And yeah. maybe, like, once, but, like, it wasn't, like... And I'm not it sure you should. Out.
1: Like, I, I don't that's know question, if... question, like, right? Yeah, because you don't want to influence... I, I don't know. I, I suppose if you have a very clear uh, narrative that you want to get across and your players are okay. Like you have their buy-in to talk about that theme. You, you could bring it up right out of the gate, say, look, this is the theme. I want your characters to, to care about the, the, the spectrum of this dichotomy between these things. Um, You know, to take a stance first and by, Mm -hmm. by, Inserting it into character creation, perhaps uh, there's a way to ensure that theme is is relevant. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because because we're going like good and bad, but like you could go order and chaos and and turn it in your campaign so that chaos being like the wild, for instance, mm-hmm. and order being the law. Maybe the law is used badly, and the wild is the good play. Like you could. Uh, you could switch it up. Like these could be neutral in the sense of bad and good. Uh so yeah, it's interesting to maybe kind of set set it from the get-go and have the players kind of steer you in the direction of where the theme should go. I, I think there's place for both. I think there's place for the let's 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 build everything around it. Even the characters, mm-hmm. even like the starting of the game. Or I feel like for me, like the first arc of the campaign, like we called the campaign diary when we used to do it, uh, blood and betrayal. Betrayal was a theme I wanted to explore. I'm not gonna tell you that at first, because yeah. if I tell you betrayal is gonna be important, you're gonna be like, "Well, okay, let's like not trust anybody," right?
1: Yeah, that's true. It it could it could take away. It, it could give away parts of the. Parts of the game, it could give away some of the big reveals and things like that. Um, I also I worry about being tied to it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you're tying down a theme, like I'm going to use my campaign as as an example. Had I tied down right out of the gate, uh, freedom as one of the main themes of the game, I feel like it would have, like you guys would have focused in on it more than you maybe wanted to, and. That's not, I I don't think that's okay. I think the game still needs to allow for the players to have enough agency, especially in a game where I I consider myself to railroad you guys a lot. And for those of you listening, don't freak out because I use the R word. Oh my God, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Railroading, We you know, Chris and I had a conversation about railroading. You should go listen to it because I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, Railroading is not necessarily bad long as player agency lives on. But I would be worried that if I also tell you guys what the themes are that I want to explore, that that your agency starts to become dictated by me, which I I don't think um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't thought enough about it, but I don't know. No, think but I, I like, like
0: what it. you're saying because I, th- I think there's something there. If you're again like I like Matt said, go listen to the thing, but like if you're railroading <laughs> and you also dictate theme, it might be a little bit too much. But, if you're going very sandbox exploring islands, which at the beginning it was part of your campaign too, but like exploring and it's a West Marshalls game or whatever, to set a theme might actually give it some structure uh mm-hmm. that the players and and then we go back to we go to like maybe talk about a little bit of let's say advice, but like kind of like what we we've learned and we've talked about all this episode long of like the way we use it, but I think I like the idea of giving some direction to the players and if you're really sandboxing no direction at all a theme can be useful like I'm thinking of like this freedom thing if you tell them in advance and then they come across slavers or they come across I don't know anything related to to freedom then they might pay more attention which is going to be the the main, um, how do you call that? A, th- a thread line. The, the, the yeah, main it, it line... helps
1: make them focus, right? Because in a sandbox, sometimes characters don't know what players don't want to focus on. They might in come a, to it. F-
0: sandbox. Yeah, sorry. I thought yeah, you in
1: a, yeah. In a sandbox, they might not know what to focus on. They might create characters. You know, even if you have a session zero and you're working together to create your party, they the the, the characters might be so like unrelated to the theme that mm-hmm. they, they they don't jive together but if you like yeah if you're saying right at the gate tell them what your theme is tell them that it's about justice and and uh, what was it justice and or, order and justice or whatever well mm-hmm. now if you almost dictate, uh, dictate if you if you tell them hey all of you each of you your character should have a component about their you know their their thoughts around the justice system in yeah. our world or whatever, then it it, it kind of helps um, siphon them towards the content that you're trying to tell the, the narrative that you're trying to tell in this sandbox. And it can come in any order, they can discover it however they want, but at least they're still, you know they have something, they have a magnifying glass that they can inspect further, which is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and then when something happens, they they latch to it, mm-hmm. which means they're latching to the right part of your story, I'll say. Um, And and you've brought up Session Zero. I think Session Zero is a great time. I mean, you'll have to decide as we've been doing, like, are you saying that, like, are you setting the theme up from the get-go or not? You could, one, Session Zero is a good time to say it if you're about to say it. But also, it's, if you're willing to say it openly, it's a good way to brainstorm with your players what are they, like, we we talk about setting, right? Oh, do you want to play I don't
1: know... Uh, in Eberron, or do you want to play in... Yeah.
0: Yeah. All, yeah. All of these, D D thing, or do you want to play Warhammer, or do you want to play in the supernatural world, or do you want... Like, well, the theme is also important, and if you brainstorm, maybe if you talk about, I don't know, love and war, and your characters, your players are like, I don't really want to go romantic or whatever, like, okay, sure, let's talk about the freedom. And people are like, I don't know, can we just do... um something about um i don't know one of them the other one yeah, like chaos
1: or, or 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 i mean family drama whatever they might i yeah i really like that you're saying this chris because it's true you know in many session zeros i've had conversations about my preferences oh i really like role play oh i really like settings that have this and that, or, oh, I'm, I'm feeling gritty, I want to play something low fantasy, dark and grim, and whatever. Like, if that's on the table, why why can't the themes also be on the table? And, and they probably should be, because it is going to educate character creation. If if you want to talk about love and everybody's on board to talk about if if there's no love interests or love triangle going on in the party, or, or you better make one <laughs> progressively <laughs> as the game goes on, because otherwise it's not going to be dramatic, right? It's
0: Yeah. And I think it's a great way, theme actually, to ask the players for campaign input, right? Like we, we've we been saying the other way, like the game master comes and says, here is a the theme I'm proposing. Uh, and the players say yes or no. But like, it can be the other way. Like if you haven't decided what the, ca- and, and I'm saying session zero, but even if you're running a game right now, it's not too late to like, Talk to mm-hmm. your players and be like, "What are the actual theme you want to explore?" And another thing we kind of didn't mention is that, like, the fractal thing of thing of theme being like campaign and episodic or, or arc. Like, I see all my players of having their their own theme. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like their character arc, right? I want to explore. Otis is uh, used to be like a loner, and now he wants to belong somewhere. So he has this all like belonging to a group Uh, he doesn't like it but he needs it so there's a theme there Uh, we talked about your characters I could do that with every character there's a theme that is only theirs Uh, and if the players come with their players theme then it's you can put that in your world and your campaign in whatever you run to to enrich what you're you're doing because we talk a lot about backstory right we talk a lot about oh i come from this land blah 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 and if you're world building maybe you it helps you create part of your world which is great but mm-hmm. backstory is back backward right it's like how much do you really worry about the bad the the, the 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 past if you want to go forward like we talked about motivation i think theme can be attached to a motivation
1: yeah no absolutely or at the very least it it's more forward looking. it's certainly more forward looking mm-hmm. than, than just having a backstory and a background to your character. that's yeah, that's really cool. and I, I guess the one thing that I might be worried about though, is to have themes that are too uh, distinct. Mm-hmm. I, I think it works really well in our group because those those themes only really started coming out after the party has solidified themselves as a party like I, I think and correct me if I'm wrong Chris, but the those themes kind of got developed more when we were given more breathing room after Mm -hmm. we were after we had gone through a very intense you know several months in game which i think helped our characters bond to one another and we went through the themes that you wanted to explore with this betrayal blood and betrayal thing and then after that's when our characters started to kind of look forward more and, and those themes And our motivations kind of came out so i suppose what i'm saying here i think what i'm saying here is for those of you listening i I would be maybe a bit cautious depending on how you want to play your games to allow players to create their themes in isolation like everything else it's better if you do it together collaboratively so that there's synergies with all of those things but um you also wouldn't want to spoil too many of the surprises. So I guess it's a balancing act.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, like we said, even the players might want to keep their themes close to the chest, at least part of it. And that's where I think brainstorming, like if the players say like, what they're interested in, in themes, you get an idea and then you can create without telling them which one you chose, basically. And they're probably going to forget anyway. But you know they're interested because they told you. Or at yeah. least I mean it depends. If you forgive, forget. I mean the the players don't know what they want because that's that's a fact. But like sometimes they can <laughs> still give you an idea, right? Um, but like something I want to touch on before we finish. I don't know if we're close to finishing, but it's um, more concretely how do we use it? I, I've talked a little bit about as a game master. I want to challenge it. So for me, and you mentioned that too, like to put challenge forward, like to put it in front of the players, challenging this theme, either the theme of the player, uh, of the character, I should say, or the theme of the the arc or the theme of the campaign, whatever you put in front. Uh, That's one thing I like to do. And also for me, the overarching theme, I try to link back into the sub themes. Let's put an example to make it a little bit more clear. Uh, One of the sections we talk about, like, not too long ago, uh, my characters went into a, a a tomb, which was a lot about death and a lot about like uh being attached uh to the world by a past life and the whole I don't know, there, there was there was theme that was to this um this tomb. A lot of horror. So a theme uh, attached to that. A lot of corruption again. But at the end they, they killed the main bad guy, let's say of uh, one of the bad guy of the place, and they found out that he was actually being corrupted by someone even more powerful. And I tied back corruption by showing the effect of uh, falling to that corruption to the worst extent, basically, Mm -hmm. like showing one facet of that. The whole campaign, like the, the whole story arc of this, reclaiming the past of the ancestors and blah, 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 it's not really related to my main campaign, but the villain was because he felt a corruption. So this helps me make everything make sense. Some give some kind of like consistency, mm-hmm. I guess. Um so what what do you have to say about that or what do you have what advice or how do you use theme in your games, man?
1: Yeah, well I'll I'll first I'll retort a little bit and talk about the things you brought up there, Chris, before talking about how yeah. I use themes. But yeah, I, I like how you're saying you're, you're, you're taking a sub-theme or you're taking a smaller series of games, two, three, four games, whatever, an arc in your game, and then br- you kind of bring it back to a central theme. And, and by I, I think one thing that you should give yourself credit for is that your central theme is rather vague. Mm-hmm. It's rather uh, like corruption is 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 pretty encompassing, and I think that's a good thing. I think having a theme, if you're creating a theme, making it, uh, you know, have a lot of interpretations and have a lot of a lot of ways that it can fit into into different environments is very strong. Uh, I also think its connection to the setting is also makes it a very powerful a very powerful theme because it facilitates your ability to weave it into the game, right? In Warhammer, there is chaos. It's, like, part of the lore in the world that there's these two poles that, like, spew out chaos. There's a moon that's, like, made out of warp stone, which is basically chaos in the form of a rock. Anyway, like, there's just... The chaos is part of warhammer it's part of the setting but, but you'd, be my- sorry, you'd be
0: surprised sorry just parenthesis you'd be surprised because i war, i run warhammer in my brother's game and corruption has almost no place in it other than like this setting it's a yeah, lot more like yeah, yeah. political and stuff like that so again oh, no I,
1: I, for sure i'm not yeah. saying like i'm not saying you're not doing anything i'm if no, anything, no, no, I'm no, no. The
0: contrary. yeah sorry keep going yeah <laughs> but like
1: you're you're really leaning into that element of the setting Mm-hmm. Which makes it a good theme. So, for those of you listening, you know if you're thinking of, oh, how do i how do I pick my theme? I don't have a theme. I've been playing my same game with my friends for two and a half years, and we like, I don't know what my theme is. Well, look back to your setting, look back to the things that your players uh, tend to prioritize, and maybe that can be your theme or or at the very least, can can be the start of of a the theme. And you can kind of try to abstract it a little bit so that you can use it again and again.
0: Um, and how yeah. do you use it? Or yeah,
1: oh, yes, okay, yeah. How do I use it? Um, so I I like to think of the theme like when I come up with a the theme, especially when I was doing it for Rising Tide. Like I said, I I wanted it to be something that had a lot of interpretations. Uh, freedom to me has a lot of interpretations. You, you know, you are pirates. You're free to do what you want. You have this like sense of adventure, sense of freedom in that, in that definition of the word. But I also liked the idea of freedom to explore its like uh, antonym or it's the opposite of freedom, which is, I suppose, to have no freedom, to, to, to be a slave or to be, to be tied by something. And I, I felt like in the game, I tried to introduce you know, every game that we ran Especially near the beginning, I tried to introduce things that either um, gave you the choice of freedom. like I, I, I like to think of choice a lot in my games. What kind of choices do my car- do my players have in in a, in a particular situation? Uh, sometimes binary, sometimes not binary. And I don't know if you remember, Chris, in the very first game, there was an execution, and you mm-hmm. guys were allowed to free one of the two people, and that choice. Um, had an impact on the game, whether you guys realize it. And every time I try to find ways to to insert that theme, whether it be very subtly or not, by giving you guys like a confrontation with it or a choice to make related to it. Uh, another another concrete example was you guys had your captains. They were they were all in this meeting and. Your way of life, the way I saw it, your way of life as pirates was threatened. that freedom was threatened when the captains were attacked and most of them killed. So I was trying to find ways to I, I, To me, the freedom was like status quo okay. you guys had freedom, and the others and, and and that other group, those the ones that were enslaved, didn't so that was like the status quo, and then I wanted to try to explore. Ah, uh, through different instances, challenging your status quo and giving you guys the opportunity to fight back, and then the same thing for the other ones. You know, these guys are enslaved. Give you guys the opportunities if you wanted to to try and save them. And there were a few instances where you did. There was a boat that you uh, you boarded and attacked, and then you you set free, and and they kind of re- you kind of recruited them into your mm-hmm. pirate gang. So. Um, no, yeah, I mean,
0: it's true. And even like my character, which is tied to his family, uh, you could say that he's trying to get free of his past and his family, and he's trying to to prove himself to be part of this free company of pirates. Because I feel like I'm still attached mm-hmm. uh, somewhere, and I'm and I'm stuck with with yeah, with my past. And I think now that you mention it, and and. I feel like this happens often with theme, where maybe you don't mention it at the beginning, but once you have a decent amount of games under your belt to mention it, to your players might actually be a good thing. I, I now that I think about it, I'm excited about exploring this more in your game, and having it—I don't want to say dictate, but orient my my choices—would not be a bad thing. Like I think I would mm-hmm. enjoy this. Because maybe I'm already buying in the story, right? We're not at the beginning; we're we're there, and you're like, "Look, see how freedom is a theme." And I'm like, "Oh, that's actually, yeah, you're right." Let's. It makes me enjoy it a little bit, uh, I guess, differently. A little, I, I assume, like movies. Like if you analyze movies and you think of the theme and you rewatch something with a different eye, a yeah. different viewpoint, it might actually give it a different value. So. No, I, I like that, so maybe that's something to, to consider.
1: Yeah, it's, it definitely it's, it's, it could be interesting to bring up to other players and see how they, how they think about it, if, if they want to allow it to affect their game or not, and I, I'd be open to either. Um, but in terms of my creative process, I feel like if I compare having a theme now to not having one before, it's definitely easier. It makes, it makes my job as a game master a lot easier to consider, you know, e- you know, every game you like to think of, I, I can't speak for everybody, but when I'm creating a, when I'm planning or preparing a game, I like to think of, okay, what are the challenges going to be? What kind of choices are you guys going to have to make? What kind of environment are you going to be in? Blah, blah, blah. Is there going to be combat, this or that? But if you always add this question to yourself of, okay, but how does freedom or how does chaos or how does love factor into this and it's gonna it's gonna just eliminate like more than half of the things that you could consider or it's gonna generate ideas too yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah because like like you said it's gonna eliminate some stuff that maybe doesn't fit with what you're going for but it's gonna also like the, the whole idea of like my necromancer being not the bad guy like you know normally he would be the bad guy of the place, but like being like, no, no, this guy's a pawn, he's been used, he's been corrupted, this is bad. And my goal was to make it as visceral as possible to show this side. And and with my brother's game where it's uh it's it's a lot about political intrigue and it's it's more about like everybody's right so ever, and everybody's wrong at the same time. It's like making your place in a world that is Politically unstable, and mm-hmm. on the basic, and it's also I guess there's a little bit of those that freedom and nobility because the nobility has the power and people are like the 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 quo the is sent, is changing to a freeburg like a, a free city uh, governed by the the people that are in that city and it's okay what do the players want and they actually that's my main thesis I guess my main theme is. What are they going to steer the town to, and that's going to be probably what's going to ha- happen if they succeed, so that's that's the theme, and then, like you said, it helps bring everything back bring everything back to this thing that this this theme will also allow to steer the ship without railroading.
1: Mhm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds really neat. Okay, I think we're going a little bit long. Um... yeah, yeah. But is there, I mean, I don't know, stop me if we've already answered this, Chris, but I wrote down a couple of little questions before, and it, it was mainly about, I think we answered, so I have a theme, what do I do with it? I think we talked about that.
0: Well, for me, let, 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 let's do a recap at the same time as we go through this. Okay, so, sure. Uh, Setting up challenges if you the game master. If you're the players, that's something to keep an eye on to see any time you can actually interact with with that theme. And I think something we didn't mention, you, you can do go very shallow. And if you go shallow, maybe it's just going to be the way you narrate stuff. You know, like the same event could happen if you're narrating what's happening. You can give it different, like again, this, it's the lens, right? Mm-hmm. So this is. Uh, I think we've talked a lot about how to use themes. Would you have anything else to add that we said?
1: No, I think uh, let it be part of your creative process. Let it let it help you uh, create ideas, and that's about it. That's all. That's all I have to add to that. Um, another another thing that I wanted to bring up, and I think we might have already answered it. So, but how do I pick a theme? And I say this like. How do you how do you pick a theme, uh, or set a theme, regardless of when you're doing it, beginning, end, ongoing, whatever? Uh, and I think we talked a little bit about it. Pick a theme that's vague. Pick a theme that's uh, present, if possible, in your setting or in your environment that you're playing in, and that the players have an interest in. That's I think sums it up.
0: Yeah, and. If you're looking for inspiration, there's lists like we could have just list a bunch, which you kind of did at the beginning, but like there's no tool like the internet to go and see what talks to you and your players, and you're good to go,
1: yeah, for sure um, and then do I pick the theme? Do the players pick the theme, or does the theme pick me? Well, I guess it <laughs> it's gonna depend on on how you wanna. It's going to depend entirely on, on how you're playing, but I really liked how we said, Chris. You know, if you find yourself being a very sandboxy game master with very little direction, maybe bringing forward a theme and picking a theme on behalf of the table is a good is a good approach. Whereas if you're the, playing the other way around, it's it's going to be the opposite, right? If you're more railroady and you have a you have a narrative that you're following maybe allow the theme to be a mystery so that the players can can still kind of focus in on whatever they want when they're playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. And, and sometimes it's your source of inspiration too. Like often I'm sure you don't even know what you're going to run. You don't even know the characters. You don't even know who your players are going to be. But you're like, I am, I'm interesting in is the good of, like, does, does the need of one, it is, sorry, the need of the many <laughs> more important than the need of one. Let's, I'm, I don't know what's the saying in English, but like, uh and you want to just explore that subject. That's your theme. Then you build the whole thing around it,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you can go find all kinds of philosophy questions, dilemmas, moral dilemmas, that, that tends to generate interesting conflict and interesting challenges. So you could, you could kind of use that as a starting point. Um and, and then I, I guess something that we didn't talk about, and I'm seeing in our show notes, Chris, and it's talking about modifying the theme. Maybe we want to talk about that briefly before we uh, wrap well, up. Well,
0: did you think for me, modifying the theme was the, the, like, the approach where we talked about adjusting as we go. Uh, That's true. N- depending on what happens, what the player chooses, uh, and to be okay with like, m- the theme being malleable and kind of morphing. Um, the, I'm sure there's other ways to, to modify. I, I mean, it's good also to to change themes. Like we said, the campaign to have a main like vague theme, I think, is good. But if you're doing, like for me, in my campaign, there's like big story arc, which are basically campaign by their own rights, but they're all mm-hmm. linked together in the main epic, I guess. But, like, each of these campaigns, I want to have a different feeling. I want to have a different theme. Like, we did the whole Blood and Betrayal. This is done. I don't want to go back to Betrayal, Betrayal, Betrayal. Otherwise, well, it's just players yeah, expect. it.
1: it'll kind of get old.
0: It's going to yeah. get repetitive. So that's where theme allows you to be like, okay, this was themed around this. Now it's done. Let's move to something else. But maybe I keep my destiny in corruption because it's very vague but let's see another facet of it like destiny in the first campaign was ludolf uh was destined to become an evildoer Mm -hmm. now i feel like in the second part is you you had a vision and you're destined to do something but is it really your destiny you saw this in the future so uh it's a completely different kind of destiny but it's still there
1: yeah, and that's that that's that uh multiple interpretations of the same yeah the same thing, which is yeah, makes it a strong theme. Okay, cool. So I, I mean I guess that that covers that covers everything we want to talk about. Um I think we most did the wrap up. So yeah. for those of you listening, I, I hope this was insightful. Um you sound like you want to say something, Chris.
0: I was just gonna say like I think that for me it's just encouraging people to think about theme a little bit more. Like 'cause Again, if we go back to the Twitter thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's... And maybe you don't. like, Maybe you just want to run a game that's just for fun and whatever. But I think even if you think of a silly theme, even if your game is comedic, having a theme can still be... It's not going to be bad. Like It's definitely just going to add some kind of structure and some kind of consistency. If your goal is to go completely unstructured maybe you don't need this and just to explore everything but i think a theme will emerge and if you think about one at first uh you can get a lot out of it
1: oh for sure i mean look at look at like the comedic movies have themes yeah uh infidelity or or um brotherhood or or love or or heartbreak or whatever rom-coms have all these things in them right and yeah. it's because they're they're interesting people are people are captivated by these things so why not take advantage of like our natural fascination for these these kinds of things
0: i think a story without a theme can will often feel kind of disconnected and kind of it won't feel like it's structured properly because you don't need necessarily the the hero's journey structure or the dan Harmon structure or like if you have a theme Especially in a D and D game or a role playing games where structure is fine, but it's hard to follow. I think a theme is a good, abstract, malleable, uh, interesting way of setting some kind of consistency in your game.
1: For sure, for sure. And I'm hearing your baby crying, so I think it's time. Oh, you do?
0: It's first time? Okay. It's the maybe. first time? Yeah. I think the door always opened upstairs.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it sounds like you have to go do daddy duty. Okay. I think so we can kind of close up the show so I hope you guys found this episode fascinating um, if you have a theme and it's three sentences long, I challenge you to to rethink your theme and to you know try to boil it down to as abstract of a concept as you can because you'll be your game will be better for it um, and if you have anything to say against that come and come at me on Twitter that's at roll underscore play underscore chat.
0: Or we have an email, that's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> you gotta feel the fire, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, I mean we had a couple of uh of email which was like I mean people usually agree, but like like oh at that point and here's a link that like backs up what you said, or oh here's a nuance, <laughs> here's what I would have said, and it's it's funny to hear. It's interesting yeah. and I, I we welcome it.
1: Absolutely. So please, please reach out to us. We love it. We love to be engaged and, and... If you want more episodes like this or you have suggestions for things, again, let us know. And lastly, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us positively on on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you listen. It goes a long way and it helps the visibility of the podcast. So uh, with that, I think we can close out the show. So I hope that gives you guys some insight on themes. Right, Chris? Right, Matt. Let's call it a chat.